Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin the 13th chapter of the book of Mark. In the middle of Jesus' last week in Jerusalem, leading up to the crucifixion, Jesus takes a moment to pull back the veil into the future and teach his disciples about what is going to happen to the beautiful city of Jerusalem and the temple that stood there. We'll just get into the introduction in the first four verses this week, and for the sake of time, we're going to let Pastor Jim get right to it. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, When Will These Things Be? Today, come with me to Mark chapter 13. That'll pretty much be a put your finger in there at the beginning of that chapter, because we're going to take a run-up to it today. This is the beginning of our study of Mark's record of what is known traditionally as the Olivet Discourse. Why is it called the Olivet Discourse? Because Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives when He said this. That's the only significance of the word Olivet. It's actually the the longest answer recorded in the Bible from Jesus to any question He was asked. It includes the entirety of Matthew chapters 24 and 25. That's the longest version of it. In Mark, it's all 37 verses of chapter 13, and we're going to start that today. Now, this is going to address several helpful and important things. First of all, I I want you to get one of those Bible overview perspectives on the Olivet Discourse. I like to refer to the Olivet Discourse as the grand central station of Bible prophecy. There's a lot of prophecy in the Bible. But the Olivet Discourse is kind of the nexus through which everything before it and everything after it is is connected and the wires intersect and, and, and make all of the appropriate connections. So this really is a great way to get the overview of all of what God says is His plan for the ages. It also deals with one of the most basic longings of anyone, anytime, in any circumstance. We all want to know, who am I, where did I come from, and where are we going? You're not going to understand the where are we going part without understanding the answers that the Bible gives you, and this portion of God's Word is going to really help you know where this is headed. Another perspective that I have is new to me. The first time I preached through the Olivet Discourse was in 1997. That was a time when, as the calendar marched towards the end of a millennium, some really weird things were happening. Now, most people mistakenly believed that the end of the millennium was December 31st of 1999. That's wrong. You think about it. The millennium ends when you finished a thousand years. The first millennium ended in the end of 1,000. The second one ended at the end of 
2000. What happened at the end of 1999, it was like when your odometer rolls over all the numbers at once. That was the biblical significance of the year 2000. The numbers changed. That was all of the biblical significance of the year 2000. Now, people started going bonkers. Remember the Y2K problem? Because people knew that all the computers in the world were going to be a, a, a worldwide disaster. Now, was there a computer programming issue that needed to be solved? Yeah, and if you were running a business that owned computers in 1999, you probably paid a, a techie somewhere some money to, to help you uh, overcome that. But you know what? I prepared my sermon for the first Sunday in January 2000 before December 31st of 1999. And you know what? I didn't have to change anything. In spite of the, the, the big groundswell of millennial madness where people went bonkers as we closed in on the year uh, 2000 and people started doing bizarre things, you know what? God wasn't worried. And, and all the people who set dates and set all of these things that were going on, I called them out on the first Sunday of 2000, a whole bunch of people who previously had been granted credibility were proven to be false prophets for all the things they said were going to happen and that they knew were going to happen and they knew is going to bring down Western civilization and they knew that out of that was going to come the kingdom of God in the rising out of the ashes. They were all wrong. I know some people who sold everything and moved way up into the mountains to get completely off the grid and came back early in 2000 and paid a whole lot more for the house they'd sold than they got for it when they sold it. How sad. Mishandling God's Word is a really serious thing. So I actually thought it was kind of timely, and a lot of people had asked me a bunch of questions. That was why I preached the Olivet Discourse as millennial madness was ramping up. And it got a whole lot worse after I preached this in 1997. But we carefully handled God's Word, and now I'm coming back to it 22 years later. And you know what? It showed me that once again it has been verified as if it needed my verification that God really has given to us everything we need for life and godliness in His Word. Because I look back at everything that I did on the Olivet Discourse then, and when, when Darren Beck and I were putting together a class to teach in Russia on biblical eschatology just a couple of years ago, 20 years after I first preached that, I don't have to change anything because God's Word never changes. And if you will say what God's Word says and stop there... You'll never have to apologize for what you have said. So this stands written. This is just as true now as it was two or three days before Jesus went to the cross when he said it. And we don't need to change anything. I want us to be conversant with biblical prophecy because that's very important. Because everyone, as Scott has preached in 1 John, everyone who has this hope fixed on Him purifies himself as He is pure. This is part of our walk with Christ. And so 
I want us to be conversant with it so that you can sort out what is legitimate from what is baloney. And I promise you, the baloney quotient is continuing to rise. It's in the danger zone, and we're 20 years past millennial madness. Now we've had people with their ridiculous four-blood moons twisting of Scripture. We've had um, the harbinger finding America by wrenching in, in the Bible by wrenching two verses out of context in Isaiah and talking about things that are going to be happening in a country that's not even mentioned in the Scriptures. There, there's so much stuff. There's person after person on, on, on television with sort of a, a, a news transcript in one hand and the Bible in the other and telling you the biblical significance of what's going on now. The biblical significance of what's going on now is that the Bible's true. Jesus came, He died, he, he was buried, He rose again, He ascended, He's coming back again, we live in between, and we don't know when that second coming is coming. And we are told how to be good stewards in the midst of what is going on now. And the, the next event on God's calendar is imminent, it could happen at any second, and it was imminent in the first century when Paul was first given that revelation about the rapture of the church, so specifically that he wrote it down in 1 Thessalonians and in 1 Corinthians, and Jesus says, as Jesus had alluded to it in, in John chapter 14. So don't get carried away with a whole bunch of, of current events interpretation of what is in the Bible. Read the Bible, understand the Bible, stand on it, trust it, and look for your blessed hope. And in the meantime, we got work to do. Okay, we're going to get down to showing you a little bit of what that, that is. Oh, and by the way, if you wanted to get all excited about the calendar, remember, our calendar's off. You know, this is 2019. This is the year A.D., Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord, 2019, 2019. So it's been 2019 years since Jesus came, right? Well, no, it's been 2023 because there's a boo-boo in translating to the Gregorian calendar, and, and it's off by four or five years. Christ was born in the, in the winter of 5-4 B.C., the best that, that we can tell. So don't be worrying about that stuff. Learn this stuff that's in God's Word. Now, let's dive in. And just to, to get a running start at this, we're going to do a lot less looking at Mark's version of it than I did 20 years ago in uh, dealing with everything that Matthew says. But we are going to put all the, the pieces together for you. But to dive into the Olivet Discourse, I want to ask and answer three questions. Number one, when was this discourse delivered? Number two, what were the expectations of the disciples and what prompted these questions? Now, just to keep you on your toes... I'm going to do them in the order 1, 3, 2, because as I started putting it together, that made more sense to me, even though I'd already published the outline. So, when was this discourse delivered? Well, I've already told you why it's called the Olivet Discourse. They sat on the Mount of Olives overlooking the city of Jerusalem, and that's why it's called the Olivet Discourse. Matthew has the fullest record. There's some in Mark and some in Luke that a few details that aren't in Matthew. As I said, we'll, we'll put it all together. Now, as with any text of the Bible, and especially with narrative portions such as the, the Gospels, it's important that we know the historical context. 
Good job, Scott, for reviewing the three most important rules of hermeneutics. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.